Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Thanks for joining us. Today, we continue our study about the Antichrist in biblical prophecy, and specifically, we're looking at Antichrist warnings in the Didache. The Didache was an ancient, ancient, ancient document which basically summarized the teachings of the Twelve Apostles. And Didache in Greek means teaching, and Didache in Greek is spelled just the way it is in English. It's just transposed right from Greek into English, D-I-D-A-C-H-E. But before we jump into the Didache, uh, I want to tell you the strategy. I was ready to just share with you the findings of a lot of other books and commentaries and such, and I decided, no, it's time to kind of like revisit the title of that movie or a series of movies, Back to the Future. Sometimes the best way to penetrate what's coming in biblical prophecy is to go back and look at the writings of the early church fathers and the early Christian writers and gain their perspectives on prophecy. So what we're going to be doing today, we're going to be studying the Didache and then just moving a little further out, not much in church history, we're gonna be talking about Irenaeus and his view of the Antichrist. And then after that, again, just a teeny bit further on, we're still in the earliest of the early church, we're gonna study Hippolytus and his view of the Antichrist. But if I can just give a personal testimony to start this, because, a big reason how I got here, I need to explain. I've had an interest ever since my young adult conversion to Christianity and biblical prophecy. I grew up in the church and we confessed the creed regularly. Uh, you know, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Well, coming again, I just thought those were some kind of religious words that had absolutely no connection to reality. Never clicked that there could actually be a a personal, visible return of Jesus Christ to earth. When I met some young Christians who believe that, well, phew, I was hooked on biblical prophecy. And I exposed to a lot of the, uh, I was living in Southern California at the time, and a lot of the rapture at any moment type things, and then, you know, books and seminars and on and on and on, until I got to a place I was so frustrated. I thought to myself, enough of this eschatological fluff. I want something with meat in it. And I heard there was this dynamic preacher in the early church called Chrysostom. And I heard that when he preached, it was like somebody had grabbed a hold of your hair and was lifting you up by your hair. He was just such a riveting preacher. So, okay, I knew First and Second Thessalonians those two little letters of St. Paul were loaded with truths about biblical prophecy. So I was in my attempt to get away from the eschatological fluff, prophetic fluff, I turned to St. John Chrysostom and I was reading his uh, sermons on Thessalonians. And then I came to his comment on 2 Thessalonians 2.14, where St. Paul says, stand firm and hold the traditions either by word of mouth 
or by letter. Well, I read this, and then St. John Chrysostom said, yeah, that's what we do. We pay a lot of attention to the Bible because that's the tradition that comes to us by letter, epistle. But he says we also pay attention to the traditions that come to us by the apostolic teaching that's passed on in the church. I go, whoa, this is my guy. I'm trying to escape fluff. And here he's talking about sacred tradition along with sacred scripture. And well, I can remember, I can, I can see the shock. It was Sunday night. I was eating a bowl of popcorn with one hand and had a big volume of the early church fathers on the other hand, and that kind of set me on a journey. So that's kind of how I, uh, I would say my study of biblical prophecy led me to a fuller expression of how to view the revelation Jesus Christ wants us to have. Now, I just need to give you a, a real quick explanation. The earliest of the church fathers were generally pre-millennial. That is, that the second coming would occur, then the millennium would begin, rather than the present age, the present millennium, the present existence of the millennium, which the Catholic Church teaches today, which is expressed in the Catechism, which is expressed in the teaching of St. Augustine. Why didn't the earliest of the early fathers? Well, I think it took them a while to get exactly what the new heavens and the new earth were all about. At least that's my understanding of it. Because even today, when you talk about eternal life, and I'm talking about after the second coming of Christ, yes, and what will eternal life be like? If they know there's even prophesied a new heaven and a new earth, they think that their eternal existence is some kind of ethereal, immaterial, eternal life, rather than on a real concrete new earth that's incredibly beautiful and like what will be like just visit western north carolina the upstate of south carolina it's a good preview it's going to be very real but it took a while for the church to come to that at least that's my understanding why there are so many in the early church uh adopted the pre-mill i have to acknowledge it and that's my at least quickie explanation why now coming to the didache it was the original title was the teaching didache in greek of the 12 apostles we don't know the exact date and there's probably several versions of this but it was probably written in the first century and not too long after the ink on the new testament was dry this was early early uh, we knew it existed but it was lost we didn't have any manuscripts of it for centuries until 1873 an almost complete text of the Didache was discovered, and off we go. Now, I really like the Didache. You've probably heard me talk about it before, but one reason, it isn't long-winded, okay? If you want to know what you need to know about biblical prophecy, then chapter 16 of the Didache is your answer in about 12 verses. I mean, a chapter in the Didache is about the size in large print of a of a page in a small paperback, okay? And that was used for the equivalent of RCIA in the early church to make pagans into Christian warriors who transformed the pagan Roman Empire into a Christian one. So this is what the Didache says. Watch for your life's sake. 
Let not your lamps be quenched, nor your loins unloosed, but be ready, for you do not know the hour in which our Lord comes. So just so you know, anybody who claims to know the date of the second coming, they're a false prophet and a false teacher, and you should throw a pie at them. Or no, don't throw the pie, but don't pay any attention. It gets everybody's attention when people make predictions. Or I think the Lord will come between, you know, these, this state and this state. They don't know, okay? But it does say be ready and watch. And how many people in RCIA today or kids being catechized are told to watch and be ready, are taught that the creed speaks of a second coming, a real second coming, and that there'll be a, 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 a very realistic judgment at the second coming. So we need to watch and be ready. Is that part of our Christian formation today? That's what the Didache had. Then the next one, when you come together seeking the things which are befitting to your souls, um, come together because for the whole time of your faith will not profit you if you are not made perfect in the last time. You see, the early church didn't believe in once saved, always saved. Like if you profess a faith in Christ and then you live horribly, uh, the rest of the time, or if you even live a good life until you get near the end of your life or you come to the end of time and you're not living well, it says everything that came before will not profit you. There is no once saved, always saved in the earliest, 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 earliest Christian church. It was utterly necessary to persevere faithfully until the end. And Jesus said in Matthew 10, 22, he who endures to the end will be saved. So what's the opposite? Well, if anybody doesn't endure to the end, they're not going to be saved. And just in case you didn't hear that, he says it again in Matthew 24, 13. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And then he goes on in the Didache, for in the last days, false prophets and corruptors will be multiplied. And this is what's going on in the church, beware and the sheep will be turned into wolves, and love will be turned into hate, and lawlessness increases, and they shall hate, persecute, and betray one another. In other words, the corruption of Christians has to take place. That's called an apostasy. An apostasy refers to Christians falling away from their faith that has to precede the appearance of the Antichrist, the step-by-step -step apostasy, turning sheep into wolves, is the necessary precursor preparing the environment for the arrival of the Antichrist. And then, back to the Didache, shall appear the world deceiver. He'll appear as the Son of God and do signs and wonders, and the earth shall be delivered into his hands. He will have a global, global rule. And there's a fiery trial, and the fiery trial is mentioned explicitly as a warning in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And again, the Didache says that they who endure in their faith shall be saved. In other words, you have to be faithful, endure to the end, or it doesn't do you any good, including the Antichrist persecution of Christians, you have to endure through that if you hope to find eternal life. 
And then it says, they'll appear the signs of, the, of truth. There'll be a great sound of the trumpet, which we read about like in Matthew 24, the resurrection of the dead, and the Lord shall come with all his saints, and the world will see the Lord coming on the clouds of heaven. 12 verses, actually there's eight. I gave you eight verses. And if you caught me uh, earlier, I said in 1873, we recovered an almost complete copy of the Didache. Well, the Didache, scholars have long said, uh, seems to have a very abrupt ending. And the Didache was found in a manuscript that had several early writings in it. And all the writings were just right one after another, not wasting any space because writing uh, media was very rare and expensive, except the Didache had a space after it, and everybody's wondering, well, what was it? Well, the lost ending of the Didache, those four and a half verses, have been put together by a scholar by the name of Robert Aldrich. And if if you're interested, I'll just send you in an email. Just uh, send your question, the lost ending that's now found of the Didache, and send that to Ask the Host at gmail.com. Be glad to get that to you. So I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 342 of Luke 21 Radio. And just remember, if you want to find out more about what the teaching of the Didache is and the early fathers, stay with us because we're going to be looking at St. Irenaeus and then Hippolytus. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.